Joining me on the line from Reader's Digest magazine, Stephanie Verge. Stephanie, good morning to you. Good morning, Tom. So this article that we're focusing on today is in the pages of the current issue of Reader's Digest, and it's called News from the World of Medicine. First time we took a look at one like this was last month. Uh, it's a very useful piece. It is. So we like to focus on what is up and coming in um well, the news from the world of medicine. <laughs> it's a very self-explanatory title. So we focus on five items each month that we think people might be interested in. So let's start with a pretty hot topic right now, and that's convertible desks. Mm-hmm. Are they actually good for your health? Well, so this is the question. So we have a, a review called Applied Ergonomics, and it looked at 53 studies. So there are a lot of studies on the topic at this point in time. As you know, it's really popular. People want to know if they work. And so often they're being, um, you know, touted as a way to fight obesity, but it turns out that there are no significant results backing up this claim. So mm. if you're looking to lose weight by using a stand, stand-sit desk or sit-stand desk, uh, that may not be the best way to go about that. But there are other advantages. So reduced lower back pain, which is a big thing. You know, I, I'm sure many people who sit at desks, as um, I, I myself have experienced, uh, you know, do get lower back pain. And so using those convertible desks can help with that. And you can become less tired, you know, you're less sedentary. And so it's a matter of making sure that you're balancing sitting and standing properly. Okay, so maybe some health claims they're not so true and others are. Uh, Now, moving on to medication, I usually only read what the active ingredients in my medication are. But should I should I start paying attention to the other ingredients, the inactive ones? Definitely. If you're taking a number of medications or vitamins, um, it is important to look at them. It is not necessarily that, you know, lactose, food dye, or peanut oil, which are known triggers, known allergens. Um, not, you know, there's not necessarily a huge amount in any of these medications, but if you're taking a number of them together, then those small amounts can add up and can collectively cause problems for people. So for any over-the-counter products, um, you know, just take a look at the inactive ingredients on the packaging or on the label. And otherwise, if you have a prescription, check in with your pharmacist to identify those allergens. For sure. That's a good tip to check in with your pharmacist. For those over 65, there are some exercises that have shown they can actually reduce someone's fall risk. Mm-hmm. So we've published a few articles about this because it really is important. You know, we think, again, when it comes to stand up or other things, uh, we'll think about losing weight. But we also need to be mindful of the fact that if we increase our balance earlier in life, that's going to help later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's true, you know, even if you only take up exercise, say, after the age of 65, it can still help you. And one of the greatest ways to lower the risk of falls is physical activity. So we looked at a meta-analysis, which had 108 trials, so a lot of different studies. And Tai Chi, for example, reduces the rate, um, the fall rate for people by 19%. And that's the lowest of the ones that they studied, and still that's pretty high. They also looked at balance and function exercises, so, you know, step-ups or standing on one leg, doing chair rises, things like that, and that can reduce your risk of falls by a quarter. You know, these are really great ways to do that. And the best way is actually combining multiple types of exercises, from balance and functional exercises to resistance training to lifting weights, and that can reduce your risk by um, 30 up to 34%. Wow, that's a pretty high number. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last one I wanted to focus on is body image. It's certainly a big thing in our social media-driven age right now. How can the people we surround ourselves with improve the way we see ourselves? 
That's right. We usually think that it's something that we need to focus on or something that is perpetuated by the media. Both of those things are true, but um, there are studies to prove that if you are friends with or colleagues with or family members with people who are not overly preoccupied with their shape or their size, that can help your own body image and eating habits. So these non-body-focused people who aren't talking about dieting or their weight or their shape all the time, um, that removes the stress on yourself. You're thinking about it less. It makes a lot of Mm -hmm. sense, of course. I mean, a lot of these studies are sensical. And so it (laughs) makes sense that if you're not surrounded by people who are constantly down on themselves, then you yourself are less likely to become down on yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely um, makes sense. Surround yourself with positive people, I guess, is the end result. (laughs) Well, Stephanie Burge, these are just some of the items covered in the News from the World of Medicine article on newsstands now in the current edition of Reader's Digest. Stephanie, you also have a great website. We do, and you can check it out at rd.ca. Stephanie Burge from Reader's Digest, thank you so much for joining us here on Talk of the Town. Thanks for having me.